Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to part two of the Jurassic Coast Diaries, aka Roll the Roost podcast reaction pods, whilst I'm on holiday in Dorset. Um, didn't get one out yesterday, obviously. I've saved it until today because I'd just done a particularly, I'd done like the longest walk of the holidays when we always build up, do it in the middle of the week, sort of good weather yesterday. Um, if anybody knows the area, Charmouth to Sea Town and back, going over Golden Cap, and that'll probably be lost on most of you. But it's a, it's a decent walk, sizable, nice sort of eleven miler, decent. Um, and I was just knackered. I, I was barely keeping my eyes open during the game itself. So there you have it. Here you have me today. Um, if anyone is coming, I mean anyone UK or internationally is looking for a holiday, Dorset is a lovely place. I'd, st- I'd definitely say even like international people, you know, a lot of people just come over, go to London really, which is great, it's cool, it's awesome city, major world city, but if you want to see sort of a different sort of part of the UK, someone like Dorset's pretty nice, you know, it's decent. Um, they are a bit weird though, that's the only thing I would say. No offence to any people from Dorset who are listening, just, you know, it's fairly insular community but they're not as weird as the Cornish who are very insular but maybe I should talk about Tottenham Hotspur and not just about Dorset and hiking it was look okay right up front my main point is don't think we were that bad think we're alright annoying to lose But I feel like we were in control for the majority of the game. Um, We were lacking that one final kind of creative pass, or should we say creative flourish prior to the final pass. The Modric pass, if you like. Um, As is often the case with Tottenham. Under Antonio Conte, at least. And basically, since we sold Christian Eriksen... So that was that. Um, But the game was decent. I thought we created a few chances, but not really. I mean, this is what I'm saying. We didn't create any real kind of clear-cut chances. Um, And probably, I don't know, a draw would have been a fair result, I reckon. Um, And it's just, yeah, it's quite annoying that we we didn't manage to, to get one back. I thought... With our kind of pressure, especially towards the kind of final whistle, that sort of 70 minutes onwards, I thought we were really, really kind of putting on the pressure. And what with Milan's noted appalling defence, it's quite annoying that we uh, didn't manage to, to get that one. But don't want to take anything for granted, but I do feel like we'll get them at White Hart Lane. Um, it's got that kind of feel about it. 
what is kind of disappointing about the whole thing um, is it and it's not fair to compare it's not fair to contrast we were in a different place as a football club back then but when I think back to playing AC Milan under Harry Redknapp that great adventure Sandro Palacios sort of imperious in the midfield it's worth noting that Skip and Saul are actually fucking brilliant so maybe that's not a fair comparison but you know Aaron Lennon's breakaway Peter Crouch slotting it home and we just kind of thwarted one of the giants of European football of history you know I believe yeah they're still above Liverpool aren't they they've won it the second most times after after Real Madrid I think they've won it seven times seven or eight they've fallen from grace a bit well I mean to say the least they've fallen from grace a lot over the past few years um it's funny to sort of think of one of the teams that I grew up with watching winning. I think I've seen them win two Champions Leagues in my lifetime and just be home to some of the greatest footballers I've ever seen play the game, you know. Seeing them kind of what they are now. And it's fitting that they sort of play in that in the San Siro as well, that kind of mecca of football that once kind of proud just spaceship of a stadium um it was so far ahead of its time to now just be crumbling i've seen a lot you know i've seen spurs fans like cat from the trust talking about there being no lights no lights in the toilet and just a hole in the ground which is fairly commonplace in quite a few places in europe but at a major kind of footballing club stadium does seem a bit bizarre um, but it's fallen to pieces it's going to get knocked down I hope anybody who did get out there did just kind of enjoy it anyway for, for what it is being able to you know be at the San Siro a kind of modern day a modern day Italian Colosseum a Roman Colosseum in Milan yes I know but I'm sure the Romans pratted about in Milan as well didn't they maybe Basically, it felt like it wasn't as exciting as it should be, and it's 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 partly their their fall from it. But I also just think it's kind of where we're at, right? It feels it's so funny to have gone from the Manchester City game, Kane breaking the record, the fanfare around that, the kind of good feelings, the happy feelings, to be just thrown straight back into this kind of clogging mire of just whatever it is that we've seen for most of this season is it Conte's fault is it not I choose to think it mostly does rest on him to be honest but maybe that's my agenda as people say um there's just a certain things I find very bizarre now I'm starting to find you know We've spent, what, 45 mil on Porro. Emerson Royal was very, very good. Right, he was very good yesterday. But we spent 45 mil on Porro at the manager's behest. And now we're being told that, oh, well, he's not, he's not in game. He's not for use in games when we need to be defensive. He's 
kind of more that we're going to use him in games when we, we want to lead from the front foot, which is never really under Conte. So it begs this question that, so we're actively now buying players, we're spending a lot of money on footballers. For all the he's not backed stuff, £45 million is a lot of money on a, on a wing back for any club, you know, for anyone, for any of them. That what we're already aware of the fact that he's got flaws to his game, and yes, I know every player has flaws and and such, but you know, we've we've all gone through this fucking circus or January of trying to bring him in, and now we're doing the same old kind of put him in a bit, take him out, put him in a bit, take him out. Is he actually that good? Or oh, I don't know really because he's got these flaws in his games, and you know. Richarlison, again, another sign of Conte not being backed. What, 62, 65 million pounds in the summer? Brazil's number nine, just rotting on the bench. You see how buzzing he was before the game? He's posting all the stuff from the San Siro, the selfies, how excited he was. He's just sat on the bench, just there until, what, 70th minute or something like that? Looked fairly decent when he came on, I thought. I just I don't really get what he's doing, what he's trying to achieve. Um, it's sort of a weird one from the club with Porro, I think, trying to appease a manager that, again, as I com- continue to sort of complain about, shows no long-term commitment to the club. Maybe that was us doubling down, I guess. Trying to show him, look, if you stay, this is what we'll give you. Okay, I'll give the club that. I understand that. But I don't know. It's a strange one. Um, Richarlison bothers me because I, I'm i of the, I'm in the camp of people that think he is going to be really good. And I think he's already really good. I think, you know, I think he could well be Kane's successor. And that's not me saying he's going to score as many goals as Harry Kane. Nobody's going to do that. I'm not saying that for a second. But could he lead the attack for us? Be our kind of main man, that focal point? Different kind of physical set of attributes to Harry Kane. Probably a bit more dynamic. Can maybe press. We can, you know, press on the front as people are kind of clamouring for this modern style of football. So I'm told. Richardson could be that guy, right? But the way things are going right now, it's already looking like... He's that player that ends up on loan at somewhere like AC Milan, ironically, you know, because nobody outside of the Premier League can fucking buy footballers anymore. So we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to sell Richarlison for anywhere close to what we've paid for him. He's basically had a season of just what getting out of kind of match sharpness, even though he's shown in the World Cup what an asset he can be. It just all feels a bit bizarre. Jed Spence, we all know what's gone on there. Well, we don't know what's gone on there, but we can we can see the the sort of bizarre goings on that have that have led to him now being on loan and doing quite well. Yes, although in league gun, so you know. We don't need to talk about Jed Spence. It's just annoying. The Leicester game, kind of, you know, get over him. 
Like I say, I, I think there's every chance we are going to go through. I just want to feel like, personally, I want to feel that I'm enjoying it. I'm excited about watching Tottenham play. And that doesn't mean winning every week. But it means we're kind of bought into a manager. We're bought into a bigger picture. And still, my consistent, my consistent complaint with Antonio Conte is that I don't see what that big picture is. And he isn't selling us that big picture. All that he's selling us is a guy who seems pretty unhappy in the job that he's in. Yes, I understand the context is he may be pretty unhappy just in general with the things going on in his personal life. But I do still feel like it was this way before his bereavements and such. Just kind of, you know, can't we all just be out of our misery on this one a bit? Because I feel that there's a really, really good... The, the problem is, right, when this stuff happens, I, I see consistently the the fallback is always, or the blowback is always, what's he supposed to do with this group of players? But to me, there's a really, really good group of players here. There's a core of a really good team here that I don't think is being utilised properly. He seems to be stuck with this system that doesn't serve the the players that he has at his disposal he's just stubborn with his substitutions he doesn't seem to be warming to the new players that he signs it's just hard to see what the sort of point of all this is and as I was saying you know, it's worth remembering as I was saying in the last time that we are in the latter stages of the Champions League we are still doing alright in the Premier League it doesn't feel particularly fun, does it? That's the problem, right? You want to enjoy football. You know, I'm not just here for the kind of mathematical side of this stuff. We're in this position in the league and this is better than our average positions of... And I don't really care, you know? We had fun under Redknapp. We had fun under Pochettino. We had fun under Martin Yole. We didn't, maybe in the latter stages of Pochettino's career, we were semi-expectant of getting something big across the line. But for all of them, uh, yeah, probably in parts of Redknapp as well. And that was in part down to the, you know, the sort of star value of Gareth Bale and Luka Modric, Rafa van der Vaart, Aaron Lennon. Sandro Ledley King but we had fun though you know and it wasn't about what are we going to win there wasn't this kind of expectancy and maybe that's not going to go away until we do win something because as we sort of talk about it's been a long time since we have gotten something over the line and it feels like people are just hungry for that is can is Conte the antidote to that? Is Conte the guy that gets us the FA Cup this year, parts ways in summer, and we've had that kind of thirst sated, and it means that whoever does come in next, if they say I need five years to or three years to get this team in line with the five year roadmap I have, we'll 
having that bit of silverware just kind of appease people a bit maybe it might do maybe that's what Conte's purpose is and maybe that's what the club are thinking um, but I don't think any of us maybe younger younger people who probably are too young to even be listening to this who have grown up with Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Hummin Son, Christian Eriksen, all the lads. Maybe they have followed Spurs because of an expectancy of them being a sort of top team forever, but the majority of us don't support a kind of a Chelsea, a City, a team that's gone out and bought loads of success. And we don't support one of those establishment clubs like Liverpool, United, them down the road, that win everything, that manage to just get it across the line all the time because that's just what they do. You know, we're, we're the plucky underdogs. We're the ones that can, you know, get a result on the day and have a cup romance. We're here for the narrative. We're here for the journey. It's the club that we are. It is what we are. You know, we know that. And so I do, I find this kind of like thirst for, I just want to win, kind of weird because it's not something I've ever really known about the club and, and who we are. But in saying that, like I say, I have always known Tottenham to be winning stuff. Um, so maybe we do just need to get that FA Cup or something over the line. But is that going to happen this year? I, I've, I still maintain that it, it could do, you know, it could do. It's just hard in the shadow of a game like last night where it just seemed to be all the best bits of Antonio Conte, which is just kind of dull, dour football that just seems like a kind of, once again, act of form over function. That's all I can really say about it. It just feels like it's, you know, pushing a piano up the stairs. Just let them play a bit, you know? Let them loose. I don't know. Whatever's going on, it doesn't feel like it's a particularly healthy situation anymore. Alistair Gold, whether it's the club breathing against Conte or if it's, you know, whatever, if it is legitimate sources, who knows? A disgruntled under-21 parent, as I've seen somebody say, I think it was Windy say. There's been sort of stuff coming out about his training practices, cancelling holidays just being quite you know, bipolar in his approach to things and maybe again this is the whole kind of what an elite manager does, this stuff that we always hear about who knows I, you know, I, I, surprisingly I've never played for an elite Premier League football club so I don't generally know what is the common occurrence of managers to do but it does feel a bit weird, doesn't it? From the outside to the layman, it sounds like a bit of a weird situation. Using the under-21s in training, which is good on one hand, but then meaning that they don't get their own training or something. I think it's more about, it's not about the, the principle of using under-21s in training, because even from my perspective, I understand that that's always been a thing. You know, using under-21s to plug holes in a squad in training, 
and in turn that gives them a lot of kind of you know exposure to first team football to a higher level of football a higher intensity it sounds more like it's the way in which it's being done maybe if it's kind of late notice or not done in a very organized fashion it just sounds like a lot of things at Tottenham are very up in the air and I think ultimately that bleeds through to the match day when we see the way the teams play we see the way it all goes just seems a bit all over the shop that's the only way I could put it um, it's just not that fun it, I don't feel like anyone's having fun Joe Barton who we've had on the pod he did a tweet it was very funny a while ago just saying like you know the Spurs social media team keep putting out videos saying lads are buzzing about the place we go again all smiles in training <laughs> accompanied by a video of players looking like they've just been told that all of their dogs have died and it's so true and Billy Billy T found an example of it uh, <laughs> this this week of them all getting on the plane and they just all look so sullen and again we we can't read too much into this stuff you know we're going a bit Jan Vertonghen leaning against the wall at Anfield gate on this but it doesn't seem or feel like a particularly happy place at Spurs at the moment and I feel that you know we're all feeling that to a certain degree, right? It just, it don't feel great. But we're in the Champions League, so let's uh, let's just enjoy that while we can. Let's do the players. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Fraser Forster. Um, he sort of did that weird parry for the goal for them, but that's probably being a bit harsh. Other than that, I thought he was pretty decent, pretty solid. You know, I haven't even watched the highlights of Leicester. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. I'm on holiday. I'm enjoying being out in Mother Nature, doing my walks, all that sort of thing. I don't need to take myself to that place. Apparently, he was a bit awful, basically, was my point. Um, in the Leicester game but I thought he was alright against Milan I think a big big plus for him two big pluses for him his distribution with his feet and just in general is far superior to Larissa's. it's no secret that Larissa's has always been woeful what the fuck he does to justify his salary I don't know if you heard a massive sneeze in the background that's my mum who has just the most unbelievably loud sneezes on the face of the planet. Um, 
so come at me with any of your relatives if you say that they've got a louder one because they don't I'll measure the decibels at some point and we can pit them off but you probably heard that in the background there so I just thought I'd supply that context um, Fraser Forster decent though I like the way he claims balls in the air ooh -er. Um massive bloke hands like a frying pan the best backup we've had in years yep I would say so Christian Romero I don't know what somebody's put in his Mate Gord but was not good at all yesterday I thought um, I don't even I don't even put that on a kind of oh look how he's playing alongside I think individually he was pretty horrible he got done by that Theo Hernandez Gorm several times was not having a good time of it. Lashed out, got a stupid yellow. That was that for all the kind of like the talk of like him being smart, him kind of putting Haaland in his place, leaving a mark on him and taking out Grealish, look at the team. I thought his yellow last night was just a stupid rash, just got angry. Um change could have even been a, a, a red, so you know. Not wasn't impressed with him last night at all. Um, he's just he's a funny one he's a funny one I do feel like yeah he is young um, I think he's, he's he is a brilliant defender and I do think for everything I just said a second ago I do think we'll see the best of him when he does have a, a, a better partner alongside him um, one thing I've noticed I do, is the weird thing about him is for like you know for a big athletic bloke he's pretty shit in the air as well I've got to say um that's just a side note, but fine. Um, Eric Dyer, all right. Pretty times new Roman performance from him. Didn't think it was any particularly bad, but you know that kind of that pressing in the midfield that we saw him do against City, that kind of more dynamic, adventurous side to him, has fully gone back in his box, hasn't it? After Leicester, and maybe that's Conte. Maybe it's I don't know. Maybe it was a Stellini Mason quirk that they thought. Okay, we'll try and get away with this while the boss is on his sort of sick bed. Don't know, whatever. Great squad player, Eric Dyer. Happy to have him about the place, but you know, we know the drill. Clement Longley. I thought he was actually doing all right yesterday. I thought he advanced the ball pretty well a few times. He had that nice little, um, that nice little moment when he kind of sent a couple of their players to the shops and managed to get the ball into the box, and then just kind of like fucked up the final ball I thought there were a few different options he could have sort of played it backwards it's just it was quite annoying and that it just felt very Clement Longley flashes of kind of like good of promise and then just like oh you know like the old Roy Roy Hodgson meme when he was England man he just sat on the bench he's looking up he's looking excited he thinks something's going to happen and then it's head down it's gone and that just feels like Clement Longley really to me um, but he was probably the best of the three of them, I thought, last night, of the centre-backs. Um, he did have a sort of... I did feel that he had a calming presence on the defence. And like I say, I thought he carried the ball forwards well several times. I thought his passing was all right. This is what it is, isn't it? Emerson Royale, you know, it's lit a, as much as I'm moaning about as not playing Poro, it's lit a fire under him. He's been brilliant since we brought Poro in I thought he was great again yesterday 
he had that, that again there was one moment in particular I've highlighted that I just thought fucking yes lad when he was getting he was basically getting fouled um getting fouled on the side I think it was I think it was by Hernandez um and he just fought him off I think he was even on the floor at one point and then carried on with the ball carried it forwards and played in just a brilliant instinct when he didn't have time to think about it just an instinctive first time deep lying cross along the ground into Sonny I think it was to Son or it might have been to Kane I can't remember but it was a brilliant ball in and yeah nothing really came of it from that point but it was it was just some good defensive work on the other side of it from Milan but just that kind of that that spirit that kind of fight in him the more sort of focus switched on side of it not just this kind of fucking about no look passes playing kind of slack balls not really concentrating it really feels like he's kind of actually now like fuck I need to save my career here because I do think he likes you know I think he likes London I think he likes the club I think he's happy to be at Tottenham and maybe as we all do maybe he's just kind of taking that for granted a bit because of that lack of real competition for him um and now it's here maybe we're going to see the best of him who knows i mean it's it's a weird one though isn't it i'm going to put skip and sar in together because they were one of the biggest anxieties for a lot of people going into this game and as sean walsh said um 90 minutes sean walsh he said to think we were all worried <laughs> worried about skip and sar when it was actually the other nine blokes we should have been afraid of. It feels very true. I mean, Papa Matassar, we've kind of joked about this at first, but, and there is always this kind of trepidation with a young player, we don't want to put too much pressure on them and all that type of stuff, but he feels like a legitimately wonderful young player, right? He looks like he has everything going for him to be a magnificent footballer like a truly truly brilliant player to have that level of composure to have that much presence in the center of midfield in the champ on your champions league debut considering you don't play week in week out for tottenham either was just astounding and I don't want to be too pessimistic about Bentanko. I really don't. But I just cannot escape from that awful feeling that players are never, ever the same when they come back from an ACL. It's gutting. It's horrible. And that's something I haven't spoken about at the start. And that probably adds to this kind of cloud over Tottenham at the moment. Um, because I really feel gutted about that with Bentanko Because I felt like we were sort of seeing the, the beginnings of what was going to be a... Uh, an exceptional exceptional career for a talented brilliant footballer um and whether that's gonna be nipped in the bud a bit now who knows it would be sad if that is the case i just don't really ever recall players coming back from an acl and being the same especially not in a kind of high pressure position that he occupies that you know relies on his that on his athleticism his kind of strength his kind of ballsiness but in Papa Matasar big shoes to fill but he filled them last night 
he looked majestic and I feel that him and Skip really complement one another really really well I think they both seem to be I mean they for a start they both seem to be wired the same way they're both tenacious and they're both young players that don't give a fuck that they're young they don't seem to be overwhelmed by the occasion they both seem to be from that kind of you know school of players that just know they're a player they know they are and they're not arrogant about it I mean they might be I don't I don't really know them as people but they don't come across that way they're not trying to be cocky they just stick to the fundamentals of their game and do them really really well and I thought the pair of them were absolutely brilliant um, and it's a shame because Hoybier is going to come in and break that partnership up in the next game you'd imagine um Imagine it was Saar and Hoybier. Skip and Hoybier seem to be the interchangeable ones, but yeah, it is a shame because I I like I like Skip and I like I like Saar and I like them together. It feels genuinely it feels like a kind of midfield partnership that we could and should be building around. Um, maybe have Hoybier in there as well with the two of them, but that's not going to happen, is it? Because of system. Uh, but I think there's much to be much to be excited about, and I think they they you know they did themselves proud last night, and it's good to see. That's that's you know that's what football is all about. I've talk, spoken about this before, but one of the most exciting things about football is seeing a young player come in and just hit the ground running and develop in your shirt and become one of your main players. And I definitely think in Saar we have a player that is capable of that. Skip two, I hope, but I don't know if, you know, fate will fate will allow that one to happen or not. I'm not so sure. Because um, it feels like he's now getting to an age and a position where he needs to be playing if we're going to see him develop into the player that he potentially can be. Saar, I think, is is fantastic, though. Even Perisic. Look, I don't want to get too negative about this, but he is starting to wind me up. I'm really very much going off of him. Um, age is catching up with him. I don't think him and Son play well down that side together, but either way, just don't do it for me. It's not the one. Um, got no other option but to do it, but I just can't wait for your doggy to come back. That's basically what I can say about that. Dejan Kulisevsky. Not been quite the same since his injury, has he? Um, I don't think there's much to worry about. Hopefully there isn't because, you know, he's somebody that... I was saying just a few weeks ago that we should be building the fucking future around. Um, but he is young, you know. It's just a shame, isn't it? It's just frustrating. It's it's there has been a lot of uh, you know people anecdotally always moan about our medical team, our medical staff on Twitter, saying, "Oh, you know, we get all these injuries." I think a lot of clubs get a lot of injuries, right? Um, but Kulusevski, 
was absolutely flying. You know, he was one of the main reasons that we got the Champions League tail end of last season. Um, he took everybody by surprise. And it's just it's strange to see him sort of disappearing back into a bit of a shell again. Um, I say a shell again, as in that seems to be where he was at when he was in Juventus. There's no, I don't think there's any need to panic about any of this yet. He he should be fine, but he just isn't himself right now, and it's obviously not of benefit to the team whatsoever. Huminson, it's a funny one, man. You know, because it's it's one of those performances where I'm not really sure whether I could say he had a good game or a bad game. You know, and I think a lot of this comes down to. I'm not sure what it is that he's actually been asked to do, really, under Conte. I just don't really get it, and I don't think he really gets it. I don't think him and Perisic work well together. I think he one of the things that's encouraging that I saw him do a few times last night that was sorely missing from his game, definitely post-World Cup, even pre-World Cup, his ability to sort of travel with the ball, to run that kind of explosive tight dribbling that he has seems to be coming back he seems to have found his touch again which is good it's promising um so there are there are promising signs there but again it just seems again it, it seems to be all part of this kind of confusion that lingers around the whole team about what it is that we're doing what we're supposed to be doing what we're supposed to be watching i don't know it's just not there at the moment. But I didn't think Son... Were, I thought Son looked better than he has done for quite a while, but he still wasn't Son of old, you know? that's. I guess that's the the best way I can put it. Harry Kane, uh, I think he tried his best, but there weren't really... You know, it was quite a game for him. It was quiet, wasn't it? Didn't get much service. He was pretty strangled at the top. He dropped back a bit. I think he, he, he did that thing where he, he started to get frustrated to drop back and tried to start sort of spraying balls about the place. One thing I did notice, actually, I think him and Skip actually had a few decent little interchanges. I think they kind of were on a similar wavelength. They they worked well together. Um, but nothing really came of it. Like I say, I think he kept playing like the ball to Kulosevsky and... Kulisevsky just couldn't... He just couldn't quite get with the rhythm of the game. Um, it wasn't quite happening for him. And he had that one... Kane had that one <laughs> awful attempt at an overhead bicycle kick, which, you know, less said about that, the better. But yeah, not, not much to report. He had that one goal... That one sort of shout for a goal that didn't go over the line, did it? And Son was offside anyway, but... Quite a night for the big man, and it's you know, it's a it's a funny one, um, because you see nights like nights like breaking the record at White Hart Lane, you think maybe he does love the club, you know, maybe he will sign that new contract, maybe he will just spend his whole career here, and then I do wonder with like the Leicester game. And then nights like last night when he just can't quite get that service. He's trying to take it all on his shoulders. And I wonder if that is that reality check for him where he is like, 
nah, I need to get out of here. Which, I don't want to end on this note, but I just, I, I just can't see him signing that new contract. I just can't see it. I can't see why he would do it. And I know we want to kind of protect ourselves and comfort ourselves with this idea that he will because he wants to be a legend for us and all this type of stuff. But he already is that. He's our he's the club record goal scorer. It's almost in a way like he can put that bit to bed now. You know, I've shown people what I can do in the modern era at Tottenham. Now I just want to go and get my hands on a Premier League trophy. And I say it again, I think United is probably, they're sniffing around. But I've remained consistent on this point. And I say again, I don't think we've heard the last of Manchester City and Harry Kane as a as a talked about prospect. Haaland doesn't sort of settle too well. Pep has always loved Harry Kane. And I think Pep is rattled. I think Pep is so rattled by the fact, you know, the way he keeps going on about Daniel Levy. He's so rattled by the fact that we wouldn't just give him Harry Kane, that that jewel in his crown, that thing he coveted. Kane ain't going to demand a lot of money from Manchester City. He just wouldn't. He's not going to be difficult about it. They know they're going to have a player who will just work his ass off, who can score them goals. Like, he's going to be scoring goals till he's 36. Who can fulfill other roles who can who who can be a leader in the team. I just think there's a lot there that that makes sense and I still think I still think he will end up at City. Um but yeah, you know, I look, I don't want to end it on a sour note, uh but I just sort of have done that, haven't I? <laughs> I think with Richarlison there, if I, I just hope we can sort of hold on to him, and whoever the new manager is in summer, can just make him feel valued, make him feel special and important, and let him know that we're gonna sort of build part of the team, or not build the team around him, but let him know that he's very much front and center of their thinking for the future of the club. Should Kane say that he's gonna go, that is obviously. And things can be alright. Because like I said, I do think the thing is, it does feel like there's a bit of a cloud over stuff at the moment. And really, ultimately, I'm sorry to say guys, but I think that cloud is Antonio Conte. And I think once he's gone, I'm just going to be more open about this stuff now, you know. Because I don't think all all fault lies with him. And it's not to say that I don't think there are some games that... Well, I don't really think there are many games in which... I think it's good to have him here. I don't think he's all bad. I don't think, you know, I think he ends up at Madrid or PSG or whatever and does very well, probably back at Juventus. And that's fine. That's great. But it just ain't happening here. He's a cloud over everything, I think. Um, And I think once he is gone, we're going to see, you know, we've got a right-hand side, Spence, Porro... Emerson, left-hand side of Udoji, whoever else we bring in, because we do need to bring someone else in on that side. We get a new centre-back in, we get a goalkeeper. I mean, <laughs> starting to reel off a big shopping list here of players that we don't have. But the players that we do have, 
players like Saar. Hopefully, if Ben Tanker comes back to be any sort of serviceable player. Kulisevsky, Richarlison, Romero. I feel a bit like that dog in the burning house with a teacup at the moment. <laughs> Look, I think there's every chance we can still have a decent future. We just need something to believe in. We need a plan. We need a roadmap. We need... Yeah, basically something to rally behind, something to believe in, as I said. And Conte ain't going to give us that. He hasn't given us that. Have, hasn't given us that. And he isn't going to give us that. It's time to say goodbye. Thanks, everyone, who does support the show. Um, you can continue to do so on the Buy Me A Coffee website. Link in the bio on the Twitter header. Um, please do like please do share all those sort of things I'm not I've got abysmal internet where I am um, and I'm also you know on holiday with my entire family so it's easier for me to nip off first thing in the morning when people are all doing breakfast and stuff but to be honest doing the sort of the studio pod and all that with somebody else I'm just you know I can't do it at the moment I'm on, I'm on holiday so is what it is but I'll be back next week at it properly um Gavin you spares hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 